Happy Holy Thursday. Before my homily, I just would like to decode a few things because I love Holy Thursday and the Sacred Triduum, and every detail matters. So as we heard much of this explained before at Mass during our beautiful introduction, during the glory of the bells were rung. Bells are a symbol of solemnity, a symbol of glory. And yet now they have gone silent. And they will remain silent until the Easter Vigil. I don't know if you've ever paid particular attention to this, but on both Palm Sunday of the Passion of the Lord and on Good Friday, the Passion story, the Passion narrative that we read begins with the Last Supper. It doesn't begin with Jesus' arrest and his crucifixion. It begins with the Last Supper because the Last Supper is his Passion. Because Mass is the representation of Calvary, and he gave us the Mass to have access to Calvary. And so the Passion narrative always begins at the Last Supper. And so as we celebrate this solemn Mass of the Lord's Supper, it is the Passion already. And so throughout the rest of the Mass, and throughout the rest of the Triduum, the bells in our tower and the bells at our Mass will remain silent. We'll hear a clacker that is used during the procession and during the elevations of our Lord's true body and blood. Of course, at this Mass that we commemorate the institution of the priesthood itself and the gift of the Eucharist that is given to us, we beautifully have this visual reminder as we see the washing of feet, which is an option. It's not mandatory. It doesn't have to happen. We could choose not to do it. And then most beautifully, and I always just draw out this image because it's so powerful. We read the Gospel of Mark. In the discourse of the Last Supper, it says very clearly, as they finished the meal, they sang a hymn and went to the Garden of Gethsemane. And that is exactly what will happen at this Mass. We will celebrate the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass given to us at the Last Supper. As soon as we receive Holy Communion and the vessels are purified, we will incense our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament. The tabernacle is empty right now because He is not with us, because the Mass hasn't been given to us. His body and blood on this altar will then be carried in procession because the Gospel of Mark says that they sang a hymn and they went to the Garden of Gethsemane. And then we will go in procession to the Garden of Gethsemane, where we will stay in prayer until 12 o'clock midnight, because that's exactly when our Lord was arrested. And then the unfoldings of tomorrow. This evening on Holy Thursday, I'd like to speak about a pretty deep topic. But we would not be here tonight if it was not for this. I'd like to speak tonight on betrayal. Our Lord's betrayal, but also the betrayal that you yourself have endured and experienced in your own life. It is one of the deepest human emotions that we have, is to be betrayed. Betrayal is when someone you trust 
someone that you trust, someone that you love, someone that you are friends with, does something that hurts you, Betrayal is when someone that you trust, someone that you love, someone that you are friends with, someone that you are close with, does something that hurts you. And it is terribly painful. We are here tonight because Jesus was betrayed. And we're here actually at Mass because the Mass was the response to betrayal. And then we can ask the question, like, what have we done when we've been betrayed by a friend, by a family member, by our spouse, by our neighbor? What have we done? What has our response been? And then we can look at what is Jesus' response to betrayal. Jesus teaches us something very powerful at this Mass, on Holy Thursday night, but he actually teaches us at every single Mass. I'd like to read from the Eucharistic prayer. There are three options for the Eucharistic prayer. Eucharistic prayer number one, which is the Roman canon, which is what we will hear tonight. This is what it says. For when the hour had come for him to be glorified by you, Father most holy. I'm sorry, I just read the wrong one. On the day before he was to suffer, he took bread in his holy and venerable hands, and with eyes raised to heaven to you, O God, his almighty Father, giving you thanks. He said the blessing, broke the bread, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it. On the day before he was to suffer, that is today. In Eucharistic prayer number two, it says this explicitly. At the time he was betrayed, he entered willingly into his passion, and he took bread, giving thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples. Eucharistic prayer number three says this. For on the night that he was betrayed, he himself took bread and giving thanks said the blessing, broke it, and gave it to his disciples. What is explicitly clear in the Eucharistic prayer? That at the moment Jesus was betrayed, what did he do? He gave his body and his blood to those who would betray him, to those who would deny him. He forgave them. He loved them. He offered themself. He offered them his very body and blood. He was willing to give. For those of us who have been betrayed, we know that that is not our natural response as human beings. When we are betrayed, we want revenge. We want hurt. We want to be apologized to. We want things to be right. The saddest thing about betrayal, my brothers and sisters, is that it never comes from your enemies. It comes from those you trust the most. 
The saddest thing about betrayal is it never comes from your enemies. In fact, it can't come from your enemies. It can't come from strangers. It can only come from those that you trust and love the most. And that's why betrayal hurts. I was speaking to a friend the other day, and he was talking about betrayal, and he said, Father, the greatest betrayal that I've experienced in my life is betrayal from the church. Because I trusted. And that betrayal hurts. All of us can find wounds in our heart on how we have been betrayed by others, by friends, by neighbors, by spouses, and by the church, by priests, by your parish. And yet the healing that we will find is when we are willing to be like Jesus and we are willing to give of ourselves in mercy and forgiveness. As you know, I'm very blessed to work with a lot of young people When you work with young people, you hear a lot of things that other people won't say, but they will say, because they like to speak their minds. I don't know if you knew this or not. And I have been told many times to my face by teenagers that they hate God. Because from their point of view, God has betrayed them. God who was their friend, God who they were taught about that loved them, from their point of view, was not there for them. He seemed silent. I truly do believe that tonight, out of all nights, we see a God who says, if you feel betrayed, please look at what I'm doing. For those of you who have been in a relationship where you have been healed of betrayal, where a friend or a family member has hurt you and you've been able to forgive, You know that one of the hardest things to do is regain trust, but it is possible for that trust to be regained. It is possible for there to be healing. And I think our God cries out to those who feel betrayed by Him, although they are never betrayed by Him, but I believe that tonight is a night where He says, I will wash your feet to prove to you that I love you. I will give you my body. I will give you my blood 
I will humiliate myself so that you will trust in me. I will do anything so that you will trust in me. Tomorrow we begin the Divine Mercy Novena. And for those of you who are familiar with the great message of mercy given to us through St. Faustina, you know that at the heart of it is trust. But you can't trust someone that you believe has betrayed you. Tonight Jesus gives us a model of how we are to be healed in moments when we have been betrayed or, God forbid, when we have betrayed others. And that is through service, and that is through self-gift, and that is through laying on our lives. Tonight, when we pray for healing in our own hearts, when we pray for healing for those who feel betrayed by the church, healing for those who feel betrayed by God himself, and may the love of God poured out for us in the Eucharist allow us to trust. May the novena of divine mercy that we begin tomorrow fill our hearts with trust. And may Jesus, who knew everything, that was taking place at that supper. He knew what was in the heart of Judas. He knew what was in the heart of Peter. He knew the doubt of Thomas. He still loved. He still forgave and he still gave his life away. May we do the same in imitation of our Lord and may we find trust and healing in his sacred heart. Amen.